When you need the independence to speak your mind, you take it on the all-new talk radio, Freedom, Freedom. 106.5 FM. Time now for your favorite lunchtime doctor, Dr. Sophia Mohammed, to answer all your questions. Good afternoon, Doc. Good afternoon, Mason. Good afternoon to all those who are locked in right here to your lunchtime doctor. This is the medical program where we get to dissect those health challenges, offer some advice so you don't have to directly go to your healthcare professional unless there are some red flags. Those are what we highlight and we'll tell you when you need to go right away, but I hope you take the advice. We also invite you to share your feedback. What health habits are you learning and sharing with your community? And what's on that lunchtime plate? All that and more on your Lunchtime Doctor with myself, Dr. Safiya Mohammed. All right, time now for those numbers, 627-3223 and 625-2257. We welcome your calls. Of course, WhatsApp 3061065. Of course, we're being heard right now on Freedom, 106.5 FM, Sangeet 106.1, Sky 99.5, and Vibe City 105 FM. Feel free to message our other frequencies, and they, as always, will forward your messages right to us here in studio. So this particular day, November 1st, we're starting a new month. You know, at the new beginning of a new month, there's always the opportunity to set new goals, possibly physical fitness goals, set new ideas in stir. So we want to make sure as we go into the Christmas time, we are certainly making sure we have a healthful Christmas. So I want to hear... From our audiences, while you are indeed indulging in all of the um, all the activities and festivities, what of your health goals are you going to maintain and not allow those sugars, those cholesterol levels to go over the track? Base, do you know there's something as a Christmas coronary? Christmas coronary. As in at Christmas time, there's mm. enough research yeah. that has shown within that time, e- either the stress, right. the overindulgence, mm-hmm. there's an increase in the number of heart attacks, okay. particularly persons passing away. Wow. So it's not just having the heart attack and chest pain. Mm-hmm. It becomes so severe because they're so overwhelmed yeah. in or captivated in other activities Mm -hmm. that they ignore, ignore, ignore. Mm -hmm. So enough research to the point that there's a syndrome called the Christmas coronary. And we want to make sure as we go into the season, we want you to not only enjoy this season, but many more seasons to come. So all that and more we're going to be chatting on right here on your Lunchtime Doctor. All right, let's take our first call. Hello, good afternoon. Hello? Hi. Yes, good afternoon. Talk to the doctor. Hello? Yes, hello, so we're hearing you. So we're hearing you. All right, he he may not have heard, yes. But we're glad that it is indeed someone tried to call in. You can still send your messages on WhatsApp Mm -hmm. if you didn't quite get the radio connect. All right, okay. I know we've been talking recently a lot about breast cancer, and someone sent a message here. My cousin passed away with breast cancer. Send a picture of your cousin, so condolences going out to you. Condolences going out. Here's what I want you, being a, a relative, to also know. If there is a genetic link, so say that cousin is from a maternal side, then you have a higher risk. And while we don't want to get morbid, 
please make sure you get yourself checked uh, with breast cancer mm -hmm. there is that genetic link as in the brca gene brca one and two and if it is say your mom had that cancer or it's your maternal cousin then please make sure you get checked all right hello good afternoon hi good afternoon yes um i can ask the doctor a question is if sweating is a disorder a lot of sweating while working and stuff now, within the last couple of weeks, we've been having a heat wave here. So, first and foremost, we need to put it into context. Yes, there is something as anhydrosis, where there's a pathological excessive amount of sweating, where the aroma may be something that needs adjusting. So, sometimes that's where the toxins are coming out, so it may be malodorous. But no, generally... Oversweating is not considered pathological unless there is some sort of infection with the lymph glands, with some sort of blockage that causes this increase in malodor. So if that's the concern, then certainly I would suggest getting that checked out. But the overarching, just general sweating, that's not necessarily something pathological. All right. I know as women go through and well menopause there's men go through something called the andropause that's right mm -hmm. and we talked about that right here on on the lunchtime doctor while women go through menopause there's that andropause so within that time frame there may be an excessive amount as well directly linked to hormones in fact the other day one of the days that there was quite a heat wave i made the joke i was like wait now am i hitting perimenopause already hmm. and then i had to be reminded the doc it was really very hot yeah. so find that balance <laughs> but if you are finding that you're having those sudden bursts of excessive amounts of sweating in a short period of time and then it clears away then certainly do get that checked out all right good day doc is glucose powder a good replacement for sugar to sweeten hot drinks like tea, hot chocolate, or even coffee? So, good question. First and foremost, I'm not a fan of any of those sweeteners. They obviously are chemically derived, so they add a chemical substitute. While the glucose powder does add your specific glucose because it's um, very concentrated glucose, you want to be very mindful of the amount you're adding. You may not need to add much more than a speck, a little bit of a teaspoon. What I would suggest is add a bit of honey instead that is much less in terms of the chemical um, derivative and the glycemic index is also lower hope that answers your question all right folks six two seven three two two three six two five two two five seven you're listening to the lunchtime doctor uh good afternoon doctor i would like to know what is the substitute for flour i need to get off of it about three months my darling, you and me both are wrong along with majority of the country. So here's the first and foremost. If you can try to reduce the amount considerably or even stop it off, that is the better thing. There are substitutes like cassava flour, which does, which is indeed a higher starch. So when we say higher starch, it's a polyunsaturated, so it doesn't have a higher glycemic index. So there's that cassava mm. power, there's the sweet potato flour. But all in all, I would start to suggest stay reduce the amount if you 
also want to reduce the amount of fried. Sometimes you can try the baked instead. Mm-hmm. You know, on a basis, Trinidadians, they probably have roti. And I'm not the one to be bashing roti. But they may have it every single day. And when you think of the amount mm-hmm. of carbs that you're adding into the, the body, and then the doubles. Mm-hmm. So if you want to reduce it, or in some cases substitute wherever you can hope that answers your question mm-hmm. what about in terms of well, whole wheat flour white, white so bread? yes mm-hmm. i would always recommend the whole wheat version mm-hmm. there's some persons who not only with the cassava they do corn flour they add the chia seed they may grind that so they add a little bit of fiber in it pumpkin seed so you can make a healthier derivative instead of just using the white flour mm-hmm. Uh, good afternoon, doctor. What causes sometimes the bulging of the eyes? Bulging of eyes. Very good question. If there is a patient with that bulging of eyes, instantly we want you check your under the thyroids. If one is hyperthyroid, then you will definitely see the bulging of the eyes, where you will see, and that diagnosis instantly is Graves' disease. There are other things that can cause that bulging of the eyes, but we also want to make sure we're checking all aspects. There can be localized eye concerns, ophthalmological concerns, but there could be this hormonal imbalance with the thyroids. All right, folks, 627-3223, Just listening to The Lunchtime Doctor right here on Freedom 106.5 FM, Sky 99.5, Vibe City 105 FM, and Sangeet 106.1. Feel free to WhatsApp us as well at 306 1065 and you can message our other frequencies and they will send your messages right here to us good day doctor my grandmother is 81 years old and i think she may be suffering from high blood pressure but sometimes it's a task to give her her medication what should i do and so it is with many patients at that age one they've probably been taking medication since they're in their 30s 40s and they get overwhelmed with taking the medications consistently we can do one or two things you can crush it dissolve it and then add it into the food or if in some cases if there is liquid form and we can do that put it into ice cubes even but it really depends on what is the type of medication because some medications absolutely cannot be crushed so it depends on what's the type i would say please have that conversation if once the patient is not in a state of either some sort of dementia then they are in a state where they're able to understand and let them know that this medication is just to keep them healthy keep them around longer for the grandchildren tie it into an emotion the minute you start to tie things into making them feel well then they will see the purpose behind taking that medication all right uh, hi good day pleasant good day afternoon doctor can you shed some help here please i am a 70 year old female having problems when sitting my is that coccyx bone yeah coccyx bone coccyx yes bone, yeah, coccyx bone it's painful I have to sit on soft cushions. What can be the problem? Well, first and foremost, there may have been some sort of traumatic injury to that coccyx bone. But that tailbone or coccyx bone, at the base of it, there are a host of nerves coming through the coming through the coccyx bone and then innervating your lower limbs. That is predominantly the problem. If there was any sort of previous injury, even a hairline fracture, 
that could be why there's so much pain. What I would suggest as a short-term concern, you can now get there is those cushions, those circular donut cushions that you can sit on to help ease the pressure, the direct irritation to the cosex bone. The secondary thing you can definitely do is let's get it radiologically investigated as an x-ray. The x-ray will certainly give us a better idea if there is any traumatic damage. Another thing is you want to be able to strengthen the muscles and ligaments. And we would have heard yesterday another one of our callers call in and talked about utilizing physiotherapy ex exercises for any major joint. In a case like that, there's specific exercises for the lumbar vertebrae, which is your cosex is one of those lumbar vertebrae, that will help strengthen it. So a few things well to do, starting from topical to moving on to something daily. Hope that answers your question. Uh, good day, doctor. The use of acid reflux medication cause sodium sensitivity? So yes, it can, but because the acid reflux medication, as in which tends to be a proton pump inhibitor, they're very regularized, regulated. So it won't necessarily affect the sodium component. What will definitely affect the sodium component is if you have that continuous acid reflux. That's where the concern will come forward. Hope that answers the question. Good day, doctor. What is your opinion on stevia sweeteners? Right. So just as we mentioned earlier on, there are different sweeteners. That one I particularly don't mind because it comes from something a little bit more organic. So it is less chemically derived. That's the one that I actually use at home if I need to use a sweetener. Um, let's take a voice note here. Miss Dr. Sophia, good afternoon. Um, I'm 55 years old and a diabetic. I was diagnosed with blood clots in the veins in my legs. I used to feel like bumps in the veins in my neck legs. Mm -hmm. And they, um, they prescribed diamoxamy. Um, I no longer feel the, um, the bumps or the clots as it may be. Um, I was wondering if it's advisable to still continue using the diamox. If so, please advise me. Thank you very much. Excellent question. Um, sorry, doctor. The tablet is Daflon, not Diamox. Yes, I know it's Daflon. And I was going to make that little correction there. Now, here's what you need to make sure you stay consistent with. The reason we place someone on medication is to either reduce the complication, prevent the complication, or hold it at bay. If you now removed off that medication, then that complication can now arise because the concentration of the medication would have been reduced in your body. So yes, you certainly need to continue with the Daflon. Why? Because those blood clots, which are very debilitating, can not only clot in the lower limbs, it can now go to all the way to the heart or to the lungs and could be morbid. So let's please stay consistent with the medication unless your healthcare professional say to discontinue it. All right, let's have a call here. Welcome to the lunchtime, doctor. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, doc. Um, I have a, this, a fused neck. Um, and I, I noticed that for no reason at all, I would be just normal and suddenly my shoulders, both shoulders and arms, would become very painful and limp. It doesn't last very long. Like I don't understand why and I've checked a neurosurgeon who doesn't 
So I'm glad you shared all of that and I'm glad you already got at least a neurosurgeon checking it out. Anytime you're feeling weakness at the shoulder joints, it's either some sort of concern with your tendons, ligaments or your nerves. In this case, the first thing I thought about is we want to rule out any what we call the precursor to a stroke, a TIA, a transient ischemic attacker. So that's the first thing we want to rule out. See if there isn't any clots within the arteries or veins, within that upper area or even within the neck area. Those cause transient attacks which will cause weakness in in wherever it is the shoulders the limbs wherever but here's what I want you to really properly get assessed on get that blood pressure checked get a cholesterol checked and you may or may not need to do one or two more invasive investigations like probably an ECG and an echo just to ensure all your cardiovascular system is well supported and there isn't any pathology there anytime we hear about chest pains, limpness, lifelessness in the upper arms, we want to ensure there isn't that risk factor of a precursor for stroke or a cardiovascular event. Hope that answers your question. Hi, good day, doctor. What may be the reason for seizures for the first time at age 48? Can this be due to low iron uh, if my MRI and EEG was good? Please recommend a specialist if you can. Most definitely. So this can indeed happen first time even at this age. The first things we would want to look at, and I'm glad you did the MRI and CT scan, but that specifically just looks at pathology on, say, the structures. I would suggest you do something just like we do for the heart, the ECG, which is the electrocardiogram. There's an E. EG, which is an electroencephalogram, looking at the brain, looking specifically at the different type of brain waves. There are alpha waves, beta waves, theta waves, and sometimes it can even be stress-related. It can be autoimmune-related. That's that's one of the things that can now trigger a host of different symptoms. One of them being a seizure. So I suggest we take a deeper dive into this causation for the seizure possibly even see what you would want to look at not just a healthcare professional as in gp but you certainly want to get a neurologist i wouldn't be able to give the advice of the specific neurologist but a host of neurologists across the country are there any any signs that a seizure Maybe coming on, what are some of the signs? So, different signs present with different persons. If it's a little child, which is under two years, febrile seizures, they may have a fever, they may experience an aura, they may even see changes in their visual pattern. It can go from perfect vision to double vision to singular, where you're seeing little spots on the vision. Some persons experience absolutely no preliminary or precursor signs and have that unfortunate seizure. Some persons, even in adults, can experience that lethargy, the listlessness, the fatigue, and then they go slump into the seizure. So all of these are the precursor signs. Either which way is something to get checked out. The last case pathology that we must rule out is if there's a tumor in the brain. That's something we always must make sure we take care of. Folks, of course, you're listening to the lunchtime doctor. Coming up, we do have a break from our super farm, our medical health labs, and of course, our tip is coming up. Let's do some of these before. 
Uh, my blood pressure is 111 over 60. Right, my eyes are constantly running water. What should I do? I'm a 76 year old female. Can you just repeat the blood yeah. pressure? 111 over 60. 111 over 60. So here's the thing. I'm concerned not so much about the blood pressure, but I'm concerned about the other symptoms you're experiencing. Anytime you're experiencing any sort of pathology, runny eyes, blurred vision, our eyes degenerate as we age. There's something called age-related macular degeneration. That can also directly affect our systemic blood pressure if the blood pressures within the eyes are affected. So first and foremost, let's go get that proper check up let's make sure we get a comprehensive eye check and include a systemic checkup as in your full cardiovascular system Hi, good afternoon doctor could you please tell me if uh, tamsulosin right uh, 400 milligram capsules is okay to take to bring out stones also how does it work also is apple cider vinegar alone is okay for the passing of stones. So there are many different types of accumulation of that kind of chemical constituent. You may have uric acid stones, kidney stones, calcium deposit stones. So it really depends on which one of those accumulation of chemical constituents, what we call stones, that is present in your body. Different medications are prescribed. Yes, the apple cider vinegar is indeed one of the things that persons can use, but I would encourage you make sure it is well diluted. Yes, that specific medication is one that's also recommended, but again, let it be guided by your healthcare professional that knows exactly where that pathology of those stones are. Thank you very much for the information there. There's another voice note from the same gentleman. Doctor, one other question concerning the sickness called muscular dystrophy. Mm -hmm. What are the startup signs that people can look for? I ask this question because a friend of mine, her daughter, died last year at the tender age of 16 because yeah. they missed the startup symptoms. And when they did get a diagnosis, it was too late. She had already lost the use of her, her limbs and she had problems breathing and stuff. So what basically are the startup symptoms that people can look for so that they can catch this disease in time? Thank you so much. So that is something specifically called Duchenne's muscular atrophy. And we see that in our pediatric population. But here's what I want to tell all of our listening audience. Please, you feel something, trust your gut. Something is wrong, please don't wait one month, two months. Here's what Trinidadians do. They talk to this one, they talk to that one, and they're just waiting for the one person to tell them, don't worry. But if you feel something is wrong with your body, trust your experts, your healthcare professionals. Get it checked out. What are those signs for Duchenne muscular atrophy? It's where the muscle has muscular weakness and spasms. So it may start with not walking properly. The person may be walking and you're seeing an abnormality in their gait. There's a weakness in the limbs. They may not be able, they may be exercising properly one day. Next time they may not even be able to jump properly. They may be feeling that general fatigue. They may be writing and then you're seeing a, a, a 
the, the way the writing is, it's now deteriorating. So their muscles in their hand are not able to sustain the strength to be able to write the same way. So there's a general deterioration of muscular strength across the body, from the limbs to the entire body to the lower feet. What is important is if someone, especially a child, if they're complaining of feeling weakness, headache, vision concerns, feeling lethargic, please take your loved one, take your child to the healthcare professional. I think you should do it like a, like a sticker with that voice note. Get it checked out. Get so it people, checked out. So people can play for Simple. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Let's take a break and we'll come back. We have our health tips coming up. When you need the independence to speak your mind, you take it on the all-new talk radio, Freedom, Freedom. 106.5 FM. Sir, you've been here on the aisle for a while. Can I help? Yes, I'm looking for a multivitamin. We have a wide range here at Superfarm. Let me get some more information so I can select the best vitamin for you. See, that's the kind of advice I come for at Superfarm. Well, that and the snacks. (laughs) (laughs) At Superfarm, we have the expertise and advice you count on. Superfarm, your prescription of trust. Introducing Medical Healthcare Labs, your trusted partner for reliable and safe holistic lab testing. Need a kidney or liver function test? Or perhaps you're curious about paternity testing? From cancer screening to thyroid checks, we have you covered with three convenient locations in Port of Spain, Maraval, and Aranguez. Visit our main location at 13 Carlos Street, Woodbrook. Or book your appointment today at 226-0050. Medical Health Care Labs. Your health is our priority. All right, thank you there very much, Superfarm and Medical Health Care Labs. Let's make sure we take care of our health. Your medical care labs want to ensure that you're not only knowing your numbers, but you're taking those lifestyle measures in play. Here's the other things you need to pay attention to. Are you exercising? Are you eating well? Are you sleeping well? Those three factors are the pyramid to good health. So in addition to knowing your numbers and knowing the response, there are these key lifestyle factors that play a tremendous role. This health tip has brought to you courtesy Medical Care Health Labs. All right, let's get another voice note coming in here. This gentleman actually sent in one. Yesterday, they don't get the plate. Good afternoon, I'm... Look, um, I sent him back this message today because I really didn't listen on here ending yesterday nah, concerning the Omega 3. I just want to find out if the Omega 3 tablet one a day is good to be on like every day. Thank you so much. I'm sorry we missed that message. There's so many messages and calls coming. We want to really thank you for all your messages. So, are multivitamins useful? Yes, once they're recommended by your healthcare professional. In particular, that one that you mentioned, I wouldn't really, I don't try to mention brands as everyone knows. Each one of them plays a significant role and yes those in particular the omegas play a cardioprotective role but here's what i don't want my patients or my listeners to do some patients or listeners they substitute their medications for the multivitamins you can take them integrate them but not as substitutes once your healthcare professional because they will be more familiar with what your concerns are then yes they certainly can be beneficial all right, good afternoon, Dr. Can uh, 
taking the clofenac, uh, sodium cause you to experience an increase in blood pressure if you are not hypertensive. So that particular medication, and they didn't call it trade name, so we can mention it, sodium diclofenac, will certainly help reduce any sort of anti, it's an anti-inflammatory. Not because there's a sodium component mean it will send up your blood pressure. That is an, and it reduces the inflammatory condition within the body. So it most likely should not affect your, directly affect your blood pressure. Yeah, 627-3223, uh, 625-2257. You listen to the lunchtime, Dr. Freedom 106.5 FM, Sangit 106.1, Sky 99.5 FM, and Vibe City 105 FM. Uh, this is the person who texted earlier on about the um, blood pressure being 111 over 60 and the ice constantly running. I went to the eye specialist in the hospital. They gave me some eye drops. My next appointment is July 17th, 2024. Oh. I am so sorry that that's the case. Uh, here's what I would suggest. Uh, you're welcome to get a second opinion. You're welcome to see a private doctor if you can afford that. Uh, I'm glad you already assessed and given some medications. What I would suggest is continue to be consistent with it. Utilize it. If there's still a concern, present to the ER. The ER, you'll certainly need to be attended right away and won't have to wait for such a long time for a follow-up appointment. Wow, but what is somebody to do, Doc? I mean, in the instance where, you know, you get an appointment months away and you know something is wrong with you. Well, this is where we constantly suggest yeah. the persons don't wait until they see the symptoms. Right. Present so that there is indeed that follow-up. And of course, there are many healthcare professionals all across Trinidad. There family doctors, their general physicians, and their costs are not an exorbitant one. Mm. It's really just the specialists because of the length and depth of their training would have the higher value exorbitant costs mm. and they would be the referral. Nice. So at least you can start with your general physician if you can't get your healthcare practitioner in the health center at a timely manner. But don't let that long delay in appointment keep you back from getting checked out. All right. Hello. Good afternoon, caller. Hi. Good afternoon, Dave. Hi, Doc. Continue the good work. My question is simple. The sort of stomach can, and is it the same for using that arm? If you are hypertensive, could you use the sort of Right, so we heard all bits and pieces of it. What I gathered is if there is um, hypertension and reflux, something about salts. If you can possibly text, yeah, are you still there? Yes, I'm still here. You're hearing me? Yes, let's try that again. All right, so um, somebody who is hypertensive, if they could use the salts that is um like the Andrews for upset stomach. Right. Now I understand. Yes, they certainly can. You can use the Andrews. You're not necessarily swallowing that. That's just a matter of utilizing it to, to clear the reflux disease. And you're not using that in excessive amounts. So, yes, you can. All right, doctor. I'm burning under the feet, the usual one, burning, the tendon burning under the feet early in the mornings. Is that necessarily a sign of diabetes? Yes, 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 yes. We've talked about this over and over. Any sort of burning or tingling means that is a neuropathy. Your 
end of the nerves are being damaged. So you're experiencing this discomfort. It could be a diabetic neuropathy. It can be a hypertensive neuropathy. 99% of the patients we see with numbness, tingling. Okay, I'm, that may be an exaggeration. 60% of the patients we see with numbness, tingling or any sort of nerve concern is directly related to diabetes here i want to here's what i want to encourage you register with our diabetes associations at nominal cost we have free clinics all across the country or you can indeed follow up with our health center health headquarters right there in chaguanas this entire month of november is World Diabetes Day is on November 14. So you're going to be hearing much more information about diabetes. But you see that particular symptom is one that Trinidadians experience so much. But they wait, wait, wait. Here's the progression. It will start with numbness, tingling. It will then move on to loss of sensation where you will not be able to even feel under your feet. And then you may not even be able to utilize your lower limbs. That may get infected. You may get gangrene. You may lead to an amputation. I hope you're seeing the process flow. So let's make sure we nip it in the bud. Yesterday we said prevention is better than cure. Mm -hmm. But is it possible that you can have these symptoms and not be diabetic? Yes, you can. But the majority mm -hmm. of neuropathy in this country, yeah. is either diabetes or hypertension or a combination of them both. Right. Most likely, if it's not either one of those, it's some sort of neuromuscular concern where there may be an impingement along the spinal canal. Mm -hmm. So it may be neuro nervous system in, in relation. All right. Hi, Doc and Host. Um, I asked a question. I don't understand why my head feels funny. It uh, feels not hurt. I don't feel dizzy. Please help. I am 63, blood pressure high and low at times. Today makes it 71 days since my son at 38 passed. This uh, feeling started the day after the funeral. Please advise me when to doctor is not pleased. Okay. Uh, my condolences on having lost your son. I want everyone who's listening to understand that any sort of emotional distress puts our bodies in a state of depletion. Many times we underestimate what grief does to our body, what loss does to our body. You may be experiencing that what we say a brain fog or that dissociation having going through and still going through the grief process i'm glad you at least got it checked out but my next concern is to make sure you have someone you can talk to you can open up to sometimes it may just be that we've been keeping those emotions within and aren't able to express them that emotional help that talk therapy Paying attention to our psychosocial uh, wellness is so important. Yes, there are even medications that will help if you're experiencing anxieties, if you're experiencing poor sleep pattern. I particularly remember, and all of our listeners, if you're new listeners, you may not be familiar, but for those who are continuous listeners will know, I will never forget when, my, when we lost our brother and my mom for months, for months, 
kept reliving the accident time and just could not sleep and we did have to put her on some sleep aids we did have to get therapy we did have to get therapy for everyone because it was indeed a trying time i want this particular person who sent in the message to know it's okay to not feel okay and there's tons of help out there just reach out thank you so much for messaging in all right 20 minutes now before one o'clock you're listening to the lunchtime doctor dr sophia muhammad good afternoon doctor i am 54 year old female with cellulite and have a fatty tiny lump in my upper thigh noticed it some years now should i be concerned now, anytime we hear about any sort of adipose tissue or some sort of cellulite or this lump in particular, here's when I'll be concerned. If there's increase or progression of the lump or bump, if you're seeing some sort of deterioration, yes, I will be concerned because it could be something more sinister. So here's what you do. You get it checked out. If the doctor who's examining think it is concerning, they can do a biopsy right there within your visitor. That is a definite way of understanding if there's something malignant in there or if it's benign. Hope that answers your question. Hi, good day, Dr. Mohammed. Four months now, I have a neuroma. It flares up often. It is also related to diabetes. Mm -hmm. I'm so sorry you're experiencing that. I do hope you're on medications. And you've not only known what your triggers are now, and that will help reduce the flares. To all, Again, to all of our patients who have diabetes, what we're also very concerned about is these complications. In this case, the patient is experiencing a neuroma that is a tumor around some nervous tissue, and it is so important that they always keep the checks up. All right. Doctor, what is the best oil to cook with? There's so many different oils <laughs> in the market. How about none? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Now, yes, there are so many different oils to cook with. Wherever you can to reduce the oil, then that's what we recommend. So you try to do baked instead of fried. There are your soya bean oil, your olive oil, Different oils actually can util be utilized at different heats. So if you're doing high heat, like frying, that's where you might want your soya bean oil or your coconut oil. If it's a little sautéing or you're creating that little um, Chinese-style dish, you can utilize your olive oil because you're not going up to high heat. So what we really want you to look at is turn it to the back and check the saturated fat. Check the amount of calories and that's what's going to determine and of course if you are just use small amounts hope that answers your question all right uh, good day dog my wife has uh, endometriosis mm. she is uh, 36 years old however she's feeling pain close to the side yeah. of the lower part of her well, private yes. part and going down to her leg yes uh, so let's explain is. what is endometriosis mm. and how we can get a help with that pain that is deposits it's a retrograde deposit within the pelvic cavity within the reproductive cavity within the perianal area so in this case there may be deposits lower down in different parts of the reproductive cavity one endometrial treatable 
first and foremost, we diagnose where the locations are, categorize if it's mild, moderate, or severe, and then start the treatments. Your op- the gynecologist would, of course, be the person involved in that treatment. It's typically medication, or they may need some sort of invasive therapy where it's actual, they utilize the ultrasound-guided procedures and can even go in and ablate, as in burn off, the endometriotic tissue. All of that has been done by many, many, many different clients. So I would suggest make sure you have a good gynecologist and you're getting that checked out. Hope that answers the question. All right, let's see, we were getting a call here. 627-3223-625-2257, line two. Hello, good afternoon. Good afternoon. I'm calling to find out doctor. Certainly. Um, I have a 16-year-old daughter. Yes. And... She don't see she period regular. Okay. Um, like when she started when she was ten years, then it stopped and come till when she was twelve, and it stopped again, and it's mm-hmm. come fourteen. Mm-hmm. And now it come like two times for the two times for the year alone. Right. This is very, very important and serious. I need you to take her to a doctor right away. In fact, at this age, one can present with polycystic ovarian syndrome because of the irregularity with the cycle. So there's considerable hormonal changes or hormonal imbalance, and that needs to be treated. In fact, I interviewed a patient recently, and at age 32, they realized that they had polycystic ovarian syndrome because they could not get pregnant and in doing the interview when we're going through different signs and symptoms they said yes they did have irregular cycles as a teenager but no one told them it was abnormal nor did they get it checked out so something like irregular cycles with your daughter that needs to be checked yesterday i'm glad you're able to document it let's take one step further and get it checked out all right i have to donate blood to a close relative what are the do's and don'ts before excellent question so first and foremost if you do or have had any sort of tattoo then unfortunately within a three month period so if it's a new tattoo we will not be able to take that blood it's just a three month period before it was a full year we must know what your blood pressures are like we definitely won't be able to accept blood if someone has anemia because you're putting your life now at risk but essentially anyone can become a blood donor and in fact we want to encourage most persons to become a blood donor what i do know is on the ministry of health site you can go directly there there's a couple tabs look for blood donation there's a screening form as well you can enter your name you can download the screening form you can fulfill the screening application just online so you can be assessed well before you even reach the donation site hope that answers your question okay doc what is an enlarged ovary very good question most persons would know within the reproductive system there are the ovaries that's linked to the fallopian tubes that's linked now to the uterus and then into the 
cervical canal where there's a vagina. So the ovaries are indeed the main organs where the major hormones are produced. One may unfortunately have, we just mentioned it, that polycystic ovarian syndrome where there may be cysts within the ovaries or one may even have different tumors or growths within the ovaries. That is like the brain center of the female hormones. So if there's a concern there that needs to get checked out yesterday, your healthcare professional, your gynecologist in particular, will give that guidance. All right, folks, once again, Freedom 106.5 FM, Sangi 106.1, Sky 99.5, and Vibe City 105 FM, you're listening to The Lunchtime Doctor. Now, the person with the neuroma that flares up early on, they said they also have a burning on the calves on and off for a few seconds. So anytime, just like we mentioned, that burning means there's some sort of nerve damage. When one, let me explain diabetes. Diabetes is abnormal glucose metabolism. We give you the medications to help regulate your glucose absorption within the body and now let the body expel the extra glucose. But if you're not on medications and not diagnosed, then there's all of that glucose circulating. That excessive glucose can damage the nerves and that's what damages the nerve endings, causing this burning, causing a host of different concerns, even if the excessive glucose goes to the brain ever notice that you may be feeling a brain fog as well mm. if there's excessive glucose circulating as is the converse if there's not enough then one can even damage the nerve endings in the brain that's the complications associated with diabetes that excessive glucose can now damage endings in the kidneys can damage the eyes and that's why we make sure we check our kidneys we check the eyes we do all these screens those are the complications of diabetes that we try to encourage persons to be screened for so you don't have to reach the cases of dialysis the cases of needing eye surgery or constantly be screening for eye concerns hope that answers your question mm-hmm. All right, good day, doctor. My mother is 82 years old and has been with a headache for some time. What can be the cause of it? Now, at present, there is, especially for our elderly, this heat wave. And if they're dehydrated, that's your most common cause. But with that age, I'd want to make sure there isn't any vision defects. I'd want to make sure there isn't any hormonal imbalances. Because a headache is a non-specific symptom that could be as multiple layers in the causes. I would want you to please take your mom to the healthcare professional and just get it checked out. Hey, good day, doctor. I know we always talk about the feet with uh, diabetes tingling, but what about sensations in the hands? Yes, definitely. There are nerve endings throughout the entire body. I'm glad you brought that up because, yes, there can be neuropathy in the hands itself. However, most times if there's that sensation or diminished sensation in the hands, there can be other causes that may tend to be more cervical cord impingings or something along either the elbow or the shoulder joint or even the the wrist that's why when we're talking about neuropathies in the hands there are much other predominant causes but the neuropathies in the feet most of them tend to be diabetic in relation a person here sent a voice note here 
It's Dr. Joella David C. Vaccine Offices in San Fernando. Thank you, our listener of A. Thank you so much. Not familiar with that particular individual, so I just hope you get a referral to the individual. Mm-hmm. All right. So we're coming down to yes. the last 10 minutes of the program. Mm-hmm. We want to make sure you send in your questions. You know, we get this barge of questions coming down to the end. Take your calls, send in your questions. And of course, I take the time to say hello to our Tobagonian listeners. Yes, we will find a way to come and do a visit to you all right there in Tobago. All right, let's see if we get under some more calls there. 627-3223-625-2257. You're listening here to the Lunchtime Doctor. Uh, doctor, what causes? I woke up this morning with a slight bump on my head. All right, what I can't remember bouncing it or having any mosquito bites or anything. What could be the cause well, of that? Well, if there is some sort of bump or deterrence within there, then that must have had some effect of trauma. There's no way you can just have a bump if there isn't either trauma or if it's a malignancy that we want you to get checked. Either which way, go to the healthcare professional and get it checked out. A bump could have been, even while you're sleeping, you may have hit your head sometime. And it may be a calcification or an accumulation of blood cells together. Please don't make joke with your brain. Get it checked out. Hey, doctor, what causes some people to have a very darkish... um uh, like a, almost like a five o'clock shadow on the side of their face. Their face tends to look very, you know, dark on the side there. Yes. Mm. Good question. Mm. So if it's not hair growth, mm-hmm. then there is the case of if one, and we mentioned this earlier, if one is diabetic, again, you can have a hyperpigmentation at the back of the neck, at the sides of the face, even under the armpits. That's called acanthus nigricans. Yes, it is indeed a representation of poor glycemic control and you need to get your sugars checked out. Good day, doctor. What causes a toe fungus and what can be used to cure it? Several things. First and foremost, we need to look at the foot hygiene. The same way we brush our teeth to prevent cavities is the same way we need to take particular attention to our feet, our nails. And of course, if you're having your feet say in the same pair of socks for the entire day for a lengthy amount of time, then you may have that feet accumulating sweat. That is now a petri dish for fungus, for bacteria accumulation. You know, there's some persons who like to wear the same socks over and over and over. Change those socks. Air out your shoes. After having your shoes, especially your meals, and having wearing it throughout the day, you may not have the opportunity because you're in, say, your workspace for how many hours? When you reach home, if you can, give it that space where it's getting heat or at least a space where you're getting it irritated, ventilated. What causes foot fungus? All of that. Poor foot hygiene. We also need to make sure that you're not compressing the toes because if there is that little level of compression and the nail bed is impinged upon, then you're directly affecting the toes and the circulation. What can be done to treat it? There are a host of antifungals. You can do topical as in directly to it or systemic. All in all, just go to your pharmacy, go to your healthcare professional. You will get it sorted. All right, I know yesterday, doctor, you spoke about hammer, about hammer toes. That's right. It is about hammer toe operation. Um, how 
So to do other people that do that in Trinidad and Tobago, and is it painful? Operation. So yes, there are certainly the orthopedic specialists that would do those specific operations. And here's the thing. Any sort of surgery, there is an involvement of pain. But if you want to be able to have the resolution of the concern that you undergo that pain for that short time, and then you will be you will get that resolution. Please get it checked out because that will not only affect your gait, it can affect the nerves in your feet and the way you walk. Right, let's take a final call. Hello, good afternoon. Good afternoon to you, to this and the doctor there. Yes, I just want to... Um, I just want to thank you for this program. That um, that um, well, I just talked in the comment about the shoes and thing. I just want to thank you for maintaining, you know, the traditional thing because it is traditional and you're maintaining that uh, because I remember my parents used to do when they go to and come back, they start change the socks and put the shoes to breathe out. Even sometimes you you know put on a top and you just go out for the like, 15 minutes and come back. You put the result in the sun like you, or in the breeze like you, the result for something else. I want to thank you for this program, and it is very, very educated. Oh, you're most welcome. And you know, very, very quite frankly, yeah. those traditions <laughs> from our grandparents is what worked. Why did we need to change them in the first place? Mm-hmm. Of course, yeah, air out your socks. Always used to make your air out your socks. <laughs> yes. Is. Right, let's see if we can squeeze in one more. Any advice for someone with primary ovarian insufficiency yes. trying to get pregnant? Is it diet lifestyle advice? Any diet lifestyle so, advice? So, yes, all of that works. Now, primary ovarian insufficiency means that there is that hormonal imbalance. Anyone who is in a position of primary infertility in particular, yes, you would already be on some sort of hormonal supplementation and lifestyle plays a significant role. Here's the one factor, stress. You would need to manage stress because stress can now trigger cortisol and cortisol can worsen the body's entire disposition and that hormonal imbalance. So it's a very delicate balance. I would suggest not only paying attention to all what we talked about in terms of good nutrition and exercise, but pay attention to your stress levels. All right. And we do have a message coming in. We spoke about him just yesterday, your granduncle, Yusuf. Right from uh, Delhi Road, Faisabad. Yes. I sent to say hello. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> I know we have the listeners there. You know, we have listeners all across Trinidad and Tobago. Mm. Thank you so very much for supporting this program, for being part of this journey with myself and all of our callers. Mm. Based, this program has crossed over 500 programs, you know, mm-hmm. and continues to reach out to so many people across Trinidad and Tobago, helping, touching, optimizing your health. Beautiful. We're down to the last couple seconds. This is World Diabetes, the, the month that we'll pay special attention to diabetes. Every day is a day to take care of your health. So let's make sure you learn something from this program and share my appreciation to you all, our sponsors, and our entire TBC team that makes this program happen for you all. All right, of course, folks, you've been listening to The Lunchtime Doctor, Dr. Sophia Mohammed on Freedom 106.5 FM, Sangit 106.1, Sky 99.5 FM, and Vibe City 105 FM. Please do enjoy the rest of your day, and of course, you'll be here again, God's willing, next week, Monday, 12 noon. When you need the independence to speak your mind, you take it on the all-new talk radio, Freedom 106.5 FM.